Welcome to the All Around Joe podcast. We optimize your human performance for my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement junkie. On this edition of the All Around Joe podcast, I am talking with Dr. Joseph Anton of L Nutra. He's the CEO of L Nutra. He is an incredibly accomplished individual who has worked in all kinds of different facets in the medical industry and now to have become a doctor and then a CEO of a company, that's something that we don't find a lot in this world. So not only is he an impressive, he is really easy to talk to. And this is a very fun conversation. In fact, this is one of the most fun podcasts that I've had in a long time because there's so much good information here. I've done the Prolon Fasting Mimicking Diet, which is what we're going to talk about today, as well as different types of fasting. What is the ideal amount of fasting that you should be doing? What is the ideal time frame? And many other things as it relates to fasting, as it relates to health, how you can improve your performance and or weight loss. This podcast is packed. And like I said, I just had a blast talking with Dr. Anton, and I think you'll really enjoy the show as well. So without further ado, we're going to hop right in to this show with Dr. Joseph Anton, and I hope you enjoy it. All right, we'll see you on the other side of the show. Hello, Dr. Joseph Anton. How are you today? Excellent. Happy 2020. Yes. Uh, look forward to talking to you today. Absolutely. I'm excited to have you on the show. Like I mentioned before, I've, I've been a, f- a fan, a follower. I've you know, heard you on other podcasts before, and I've done the uh, fasting mimicking diet several times. So Great. I'm excited to dive into this today and get to know you a little bit better. Fantastic. Look forward. Yeah. So first off, I love to get to know people like yourself a little bit more. Where did you grow up and how did that lead you as long as you want to dive in to where you are today? Yeah, um, I was actually born in Lebanon um, in, uh, during, the, during the war over there. And, and for those uh, of you who know, it was a little bit of uh, um, you know war that divided the country. And, and you know, I'm a minority Christian. And it was always difficult growing up in that region, you know, how you get brought up. But it, it builds a, a sense of compassion, a sense of thinking about life, about what's important in life. And this is what drove me to health. Um, so I wanted to be a physician. I wanted to help people in need. And uh, so I started med school there and, um, and then decided to go and, and come to the U.S. and do some of my rotations in here. Um, and, but, but, and this is what I did. I came to Harvard. I did some of my training and then wanted to change the healthcare system beyond the clinical setting. I wanted to be a cardiologist. And then uh, it's funny, it was kind of two things changed my mind. I would think about, uh, first, I used to calculate actually in my calculator about how many patients I could treat per day or per year. And is that enough to change the word or not? And no matter, <laughs> no matter what number you would use, I would use, you know, multiply 10 per day. And then, and for me, it wasn't, it wasn't really enough. But also I felt that the medicine we were trained is a medicine that starts when you're sick. And for me, that was, that was too late, right? And some of it makes sense, obviously, and, and, and the role of medicine, the role of pills and surgery is critical. But some of it didn't make sense, especially, say, you know, sitting in a cardiology clinic, you 
you have a patient who has a little bit of a higher blood pressure now, has a little bit of gained weight, has a little bit of higher cholesterol and higher CRP, and it's a, it's a profile of a stressed person who's, who gained weight and is developing insulin resistance, and the solution should not be for pill, one for cholesterol or one. It could be, uh, but if, if lifestyle fails, and the true solution is how can we help this person improve his life from a sleep, from nutrition, from an exercise, from but but we were not taught that. We were taught to screen whatever hits a threshold and give a pill. And I felt this is not the sick care model I want to lead. I want to lead the healthcare model. And so I said, you know, the only avenue for me was to, you know, uh, get an extra education in health policy and public health. So I did health policy at Harvard and public health at Hopkins and learned about how governments change the healthcare system. And since then, I led a career learning how you can innovate in healthcare with pharma and biotech. I consulted with many governments about how to improve the healthcare system, but there was always a void in me in a sense that why everyone in the healthcare system will tell you the same thing, we should do more prevention, we should do more, but then it doesn't happen in, in because there's no real platform for prevention. How, you know, we're telling people not to drink, we're telling them eat healthy, and but life gets into you, you get stressed every day, you have uh, food supply is so easy. You have a refrigerator waiting for you every night at, at your house. So it's difficult. And then there was one instant that changed my life, actually. I was, I was talking to uh, um, a, a thoughtful leader in the field of aging. And I, for me, didn't even know at that time the field of aging existed. And he was like, he asked me a question. He was, how come we, as, as meaning doctors or, or health policy experts, why we're treating the four biggest killers of us, meaning Alzheimer's, as if it's different than cardiovascular disease, as if it's different than um, diabetes, as if it's different than cancer. I'm like, what do you mean they're completely different diseases? And he was, if they are different, but if they were completely independent, why you don't get diabetes at your age 20? Why you don't get your first heart attack at age 22? Why you don't get your first most cancers at age 25? And why you don't get Alzheimer's at age 18? They actually all come at later stage in life, or in most cases, which means actually it's the well-being of your body and the aging process. That's the main element driving these diseases. And when the brain ages, and if the first symptom comes in the brain, we call it Alzheimer's. If it's the cardiovascular system that with age stacked up some cholesterol and gets high inflammation with aging, a plaque, a plaque, you know, it breaks down and now you have a heart attack. So these are expressions of aging. And if you want to change humanity from a longevity standpoint, you should work on biological aging and keeping the body healthier longer. That actually changed my life because for me, prevention now was tied to a concept called biological age. And, and if you can find ways to, to slow your aging process, you're actually pushing all these four major killers further during the life. And therefore, you're going to stay healthier longer and you can live longer, but not sick. What we're doing today, you live long on a pill, you live long healthy. And that was a big aha moment in my life. And I started traveling across the country and internationally looking for aging experts. And I wanted to, my mission then was to create an aging market. I wanted to find a product in aging because once you have a product or a technology, then you have policies and regulation comes in to regulate. You have investors come in to create a market. You have doctors getting interested. You have we as consumers come in as well and office. So once you build a market, this is what I think prevention was lacking. And this is why primary healthcare is not picking up. It's a collection of advices and recommendations, but there's no nothing to cement it as a market for people to innovate in, for people to invest in, et cetera. And I felt that if we can find 
an intervention to slow biological aging, then we can create a market and that market becomes the biggest backbone market for prevention. And when I met with a lot of leaders in the field, they were pointing me towards uh, Professor Walter Longo, who's the director of the Longevity Institute at USC. And they're saying, number one, he's a, a top global aging expert. Number two, he figured out that fasting can be a really powerful intervention to slow down and then sometimes reverse a little bit biological aging. And he, his biggest discovery, and this is why fasting is buzzing today, his biggest discovery was that prolonged fasting is creating an extra level of stress to the body so that the body is not just losing the weight, which is great and improving performance and improving metabolic markers, but the longer the fast, the more there's a bigger stress on the body and therefore now the cells are taking action. And this happened in 2013 and then two couple of years after you have the Nobel Prize in Medicine going to autophagy, this, this cellular rejuvenation, which happens with fasting. It kind of all made sense that now you have a nutritional intervention that could not just help you with weight and metabolism, but also with cellular rejuvenation. And that pulls your body biologically to a healthier state. And therefore, you're pushing yourself away from the first disease and therefore you're living healthier longer. So um, because prolonged fasting is difficult to observe and is risky and you know, he, um, he and, and, and again, he's the leader of the Longevity Institute at the University of Southern California. They, they, uh, they were getting a lot of funds from the National Institute of Health, which, you know, thankfully did all these investments because I think fasting is going gonna, is gonna to do so much good for humanity. So that's, that's a big win for the NIH to, to back these projects. And uh, thankfully so. And, um, and I got amazed by the fact that now not only there's a very viable concept, this concept comes from human evolution as well. Now you have the National Institute of Health backing the research and you have a university leading it. And there's a technology called the fasting mimicking diet or, or a diet, a five days diet that mimics prolonged fasting. And I found that to be the first aging product that I wanted to kind of come join the company and lead it and put it into market. So I'm known to be, today to be the... Uh, the CEO that launched fasting, if you want, in the market, uh, and um, and we're three years now in the market with this concept, and uh, a lot a lot has happened, and we're going to talk about all of it. Oh man, so much to dig into here. I'm I'm just sitting here excited, trying to not to not cut you off and start going down rabbit holes already. But um, it's interesting that you mentioned that as you were going through uh, calculating how many patients that you could help in one one day, I had a very similar experience when I was trying to help people with weight loss through personal training. And I was like, man, I just can't work with enough people. I can't touch enough people in order to make an impact on the world. So that's how podcasting and blogging started for me because I started to realize I could reach more people by doing something just like this. You know, we can reach millions of people. So fantastic. I think it's really interesting. And I wanted to ask you, why do you think that our culture or at least the medical industry looks at treating things rather than like educating us from very early age to have different lifestyle choices because that's exactly why i said let me find a product and create a market because there's a market there's business to be made when we're sick there's no business to be made where when we're not and the u.s is the leader of the world in healthcare and health technology the u.s is a very peculiar market if you remember up until today the majority of, and it was an overwhelming majority of the healthcare system in the U.S. is a private system. The, this, the, the insurance system in the U.S. was born out of private sector 
not out of the government uh, sector. The government came in with Medicare and Medicare and Veterans Affairs and the Indian Health Affairs to close the gap. But it was started in the private sector. The private sector developed insurance not on a preset plan to keep people necessary healthier longer. That's obviously one of the plans. But it was mainly because there's um, there's a pay high pay that needs to happen when you go to the hospital. There's a pay that you need to, to go when you go to the physician. And the insurance was built to cover this risk of expenses. It wasn't initially coming in as a national health policy to keep people healthy longer. Internationally, it's different, but we impact international. But in most cases, internationally, you have a single payer healthcare system. And when the government is paying for everything, the government has a financial incentive, not only an ethical or a healthcare incentive, but it has a financial now incentive to keep you healthier longer. So this is why we do a little bit better on, from that perspective. And, and, and when, when uh, internationally, when uh, in a lot of single-payer systems, you do a little bit more of a prevention because they're liable for the money they spend. In the U.S., we're more on the post-facto sick care trying to cover, uh, trying to mitigate your expenses there. But that creates also, when there's a lot of money and a lot of expenses, you attract a lot of research, you attract a lot of innovation. So that trade-off is happening internationally. We innovate the most, but we do the most sick care. They innovate less, but they manage to keep their people a little bit healthier longer. <laughs> so, so aging and creating a market for prevention, where now you have investments in prevention, when you have a business of prevention, that's going to bring both worlds together where you're aligned, you need to, to keep people healthier longer. And there's money. When you say there's money to be made, it means you have investors, you have uh, companies and pharma and nutrition company and all of that. And you have to have that to push something on a bigger stage. Yeah, definitely. When it came to figuring out that you wanted to work with Walter Longo, did he already have the fasting mimicking diet set up? And was that what attracted you to this, putting all these puzzle pieces together? Well, the first time I met with him, it was in San Francisco. And we were introduced, the person who introduced us was the CEO of the Buck Institute for Research on Aging. It's one of the biggest aging research institutions. And I met with him. And he, at that time, he only had a couple of mice trials with a fasting mimicking diet. And there was no human trial. And it was very far away from what we have today. Today, we have 39 planned or ongoing clinical trials a multitude of mice trials, and we're, we're in a different world. But at that time, it was literally the concept with, with a lot of scientific backing and, some, and a couple of mice trials or a few mice trials. But I was fascinated by him. He, um, you know, he, I didn't feel, and, you know, at some point I was head of, uh, you know, internationally for business development for Lilies. I used to meet researchers. I used to, and, and even when I was the CEO of a company called Health Systems Reform, I used to meet with a lot of creative researchers, but Walter was an, a genius of a researcher. At the same time, his heart was so, his, his, his humanistic way of an approach. And at the same time, which is, I think is a rare asset, he had major plans. He didn't want to, you know, because typically if you're nice, but you're humble and then you don't get far, he's like the nicest, the smartest, and he wanted to change the world. And he wanted to donate everything back. Um, I don't know if, if you know, but all his shares into the fasting mimicking diets, 100% of them. His book, which was a bestseller for Amazon last year, The Longevity Diet, it's 100% donated to the Create Cures Foundation. So, so I found a person who has sitting on an asset on a discovery that's going to change humanity, and he wants to take it as big as possible, and he wants to give everything back. Uh, and donations. So this is what really 
attracted me. I was a CEO of a very successful company, and I was the director of health policy at University of Chicago, the number four in health policy in the world. So I had a, I was in a very bright, fast-moving career. But, um, but um, did I lose you for a little bit? We're good. Um, We're good. Yeah, but then um, I was fascinated by by what he has as a technology, by the science, the ethics that he has put behind it, and by the potential of changing the world with him, which is exactly what I was. I was coming with the experience of launching products in the markets and policy and running companies, and he had the solution or one of the best solutions I've ever seen in aging, um, but also his his human approach to it and and him wanting to change the world and give it back. Uh, really um, made the deal for me to take the risk and come and lead this with him. Very interesting. And uh, what I'm learning here is that you have a, a vast medical background. You're a very smart person. Where did you start to learn about the business side of things, which you seem like you're very savvy at? Because I don't hear that a lot when I talk to these medical professionals, but you know, you have this huge business background that you've built up. How did that come about? Um, I think... Two things really. Uh, uh, my father, I used to work uh, a lot and, and spend a lot of time with my father, and he's a very savvy and altruistic human being. And I learned tremendously, and he's diversified in multiple industries. And I used to spend every summer with him, even when I was at Harvard um, and at Lilly, I, was, I used to go and spend a lot of time with him and his businesses. And also, I learned a lot from Lilly at, at one point in time for me to bring. The aging discovery and to change the world, I thought about learning how the biotech industry works and how to bring a new innovation to the market. So I joined Lully, which is one of the big biotech companies, uh, I think it's eighth or the ninth in the world. And I started with them in the health policy department and then get channeled to, to international and business development and participated in, a, in, in some launches and, and opening markets and all of that. So kind of the business of healthcare, I got it there and it genetically I'm wired a little bit also towards <laughs> towards that from my dad, yeah. And oh, then I became a CEO of a company called Health Systems Reform, and um, and you know it takes it takes at the end of the day in life it's focus, a good sense, and 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 wanting to do the right thing, and you you'll, you know uh, a few things will stand your way if, if 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 you take that approach. Yeah, and just something that I'm really interested in is knowing at, as your specific role now. What does your day-to-day look like, yeah. if it is even consistent at all? <laughs> yeah. So to, to, to clarify to our uh, you know, audience, uh, I'm today the CEO of Alnutra. And Alnutra is the company that uh, Dr. Longo and USC founded uh, together so that it licenses and gets the right of the discoveries in longevity that USC discovers. We kind of license those from them and, and we develop the products so that we launch them globally. So it was a part of USC and Dr. Longo's mission to make available everything they discovered to, to people to consume. So, I mean, I can tell you this ride and I'm going to write a book about it has been unbelievable because when we decided to launch Prolon, Prolon is the name of the first fasting mimicking diet and, and was named Prolon because, you know, we're thinking about promoting longevity. That's, that's the main goal of keeping people healthier longer. Um, the first, if this is, we're talking 2016. So four years ago when today everyone heard about fasting and intermittent fasting, four years ago, there was nothing, no discussion in the public domain about fasting. And, and so I, I did some of my studies at Harvard at Hopkins. Then I went to University of Chicago as a director. So I was like 
in in Harvard trained doctors. So I was like, easy, I'm gonna call doctors. I'm gonna tell them uh, at least my friends to start with at Harvard, at Hopkins, at View Chicago. And once I convert them, everyone follows. These are the key opinion leaders. So started calling the doctors, and the first question was like, you know, why why are you gonna starve my patients? And <laughs> and and what do you mean they're gonna starve while eating food? <laughs> so it has been the first call I made. And when I got asked these two questions, I had to take a five minute deep breath and say, okay, I'm not launching a product called Prolon. I'm launching a complete new concept called fasting. And I'm launching the biggest oxymoron in nutrition because you're fasting with food. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the complete opposite. It's not like they're a little bit, you know, not in life. It's the complete opposite. <laughs> And I need to convince now people to starve because at that it's not starvation, but at that time, this is what you would hear with fasting. <laughs> I need to convince them to do it with food and to pay for it. And then with no <laughs> yeah. benefits. And no one doctor. And, and typically say, if you're launching a product in nutrition, you have nutritionists and they're experts and you can ask them. And when I launched fasting, there's no expert in fasting. There was no, there was no way anyone could call a friend or a nutritionist or a doctor or a naturopath and say, hey, I have this fasting thing, can I consume? It was like, it was a void, it was a blank. And we had to be so creative and so, uh, um, you know, uh, methodical and focused about, okay, who are the early adopters? And, and obviously, you know, Walter had put a, 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 a great opportunity, meaning there was a lot of science back in it, uh, a lot of publications in the top medical and scientific journals. So. Uh, a lot of the fasting and the fasting mimicking diet, our publications go into cell and cell metabolism, and these are top journals. So the science was stellar and was extraordinary, and that was a good starting point. And with my profile coming as a doctor and, and having the name of the big institution, so at least I was able to get time for somebody to listen. And this is how it started. And then from there, explaining the biology and why fasting. And But also at the same time, you know, Although, although the concept is contradictory, when you think about it, we as humans, we were not, you know, for 99.9% .9 of our existence on planet Earth, hundreds of thousands of years, we were not sitting on food all day. We were not eating six times a day. So, so it was really um, explaining to people that this fasting was part of our diet. It's, it's We rediscovered the value of it. We actually... In a, in a scientific way now are, are proving that it's, it's, it's important for us if done right. It's very powerful and it's very dangerous, by the way, and we're going to talk about both. Um, but, but uh, um, and then after that, even when food became readily available, uh, one common word to the biggest four or five religions is fasting. It's in Judaism, it's in Islam, it's in Christianity, it's in Buddhism. So it is, uh, uh, it, it, religion carried it as well and in my opinion you know if, if god exists in my opinion it's he didn't ask us to fast to to penalize ourselves and to starve ourselves he asked us to pray to heal our soul and to fast to heal our body or if god exists under the definition that we know it almighty good god almighty good was will not ask you to do bad things or things to hurt yourself or to show him that you're a good slave he doesn't need justification that you're his slave or not. If he if he exists under the definition of ultimate good, um, he would ask you to do good things. And and I, I personally always say this: if the prayers are the healing of the soul, or meditation, or or you name what kind of you know do it, fasting is is part of the healing of the body. 
Love it. So let's, let's get into fasting itself and like, what are the different kinds of fasting? What is the definition of fasting and anything yeah. else you want to share on that? Yeah. So um, there are, if you want, three levels of definition of fasting. In, in a simple way, fasting is when you don't eat twice. Um, and you can say no drink or there's a debate whether it's the, food, the, the water is in it or not. But in a very lay term, it's not eating. Um, and we'll talk about how much, how long, etc. Um, there's another set of a little bit deeper definition, which is um, it is uh, uh, what we call the molecular approach, meaning uh, uh, the biological approach, meaning if you skip food for three hours, that's, that's normal in between meals. You're not literally fasting as a body biologically. So the body gets into a fasting, meaning if you want, starts defending itself against fasting when it's, it gets, you know, several hours or for certain people a day or a day and a half, it starts breaking that. It, it asks the liver to, to do what we call neoglucogenesis, meaning bring some of the glucagon back to the, to the, to the blood. And it asks them and it starts breaking down fat and transform it to ketones. So another, if you want biological definition of fasting, it's going for several hours and close to a day or, or a little bit over until you start producing ketones, right? Okay. Or we, we get to get into this is biological, meaning now, you know, the body is fasting because the defensive mechanism against fasting is happening. There's ketones in to try to feed the body because there's no sugar in. You try to live off your fat to, for the brain to, to use ketones instead of sugar if you want no carbohydrates there's a third definition which is what we brought to the market uh, which is actually you could be eating and it's not the absolute no food it is you can be eating in the cells uh, up until the cell senses the food so let me give you an example um, if you know the, the cells what walter discovered has uh, you know multiple pathways that senses the food coming in and then they trigger they trigger downward, you know, uh, signals for aging, for satiety, etc. So if if you feed a cell, but not enough for the cell to be convinced, the cell will still fast, will still meaning protect itself. It's like if you need a million dollars to op- per month to operate your company. If I come in and I give you fifty thousand dollars, it's not like you're satisfied and you're going to keep hiring and you're going to grow, right? right? So there's this is a detection now. If I give you eight hundred thousand, you're gonna you're gonna grow. You're gonna say, hey, I have a little bit of a little bit less. But I, I can still expand. I can still so so the fasting mimicking diet concept is we discovered that you can feed a cell and keep it in a fasting mode because it's not recognizing the food to a certain threshold. The radars are not triggered enough, and that's the concept that we discovered, which is or USC and Dr. Longo and we license, which is how much you can feed uh, fat, proteins, carbohydrates, and the micronutrients. To nourish a cell now, we're not talking starving a cell, how much you can feed cells up to a point where the cell says, mm, I'm, not, I'm still not convinced, I'm still, it's under the radar, so I'm going to still be fasting and therefore doing autophagy and doing the rejuvenation, etc. So that's a deeper definition of fasting. Now we're talking fasting with food, and it requires a very special formulation that Dr. Longo discovered called the fasting mimicking diet, which now has over 20 patents and a lot of science behind it. because that makes fasting now much healthier in the sense that it's, it's incre- increases compliance and it makes it, you know, it de-risk a little bit the risk of absolute water fasting for several days. And you can have a drop in your blood sugar with the fasting mimicking diet, you're getting some sugar. 
Instead of being no protein, you're getting some proteins. Instead of having no minerals, you're getting minerals. So it's a good nourishment diet that keeps your cells now only in the fasting mode. Yeah, very interesting. I've done the fasting mimicking diet a handful of times now. So uh, we'll, I'd like to get into that in just a second. But before that, can you address the types of fasting? So like we've got, you know, yeah. all kinds of different definitions of fasting going on right now. And then let's get into the, the fasting mimicking diet after we've kind of explained these, you know, intermittent fasting, time-restricted feeding, that type of a thing. So there are multiple types of fasting and, and most people have heard about the intermittent fast. That's the biggest buzz today. And by the way, the uh, International Food Council for 2018 has done a survey and it shows that intermittent fasting was the number one diet in the U.S. In 2019, wow. it became the number two diet, just second to clean eating, which is something that we all want to do. But if you, if you look at the pure dietary pattern, the intermittent fasting came, came second, which is practically first. Yeah. Um, you know, after clean eating. So it's, it's a wide, widely observed practice today in the U.S. And then so there's intermittent fasting, which we're going to define. There's a small category. There's a debate around it called short-term fasting. And then you have prolonged fasting. So intermittent fasting is, you know, fasting for several hours up to one or two days max. And then short-term fasting is two to three days. And then you have prolonged fasting, which is longer than three days. Okay. If you want to keep... Uh, uh, um, um, kind of this high ranking or high high classification. Sure. So intermittent fasting, the most today, if you ask most people what is intermittent fasting, they always remember the sixteen eight. That's the most prevalent six meaning sixteen hours of fasting, eight hours of food, which is which is the the more scientific way of of calling this type of fasting. We call it time restricted eating, uh, meaning you're restricting the time of food during eight hours. So let's talk about different time-restricted eating or the opposite is how much intermittent fasting you're doing. Um, in the, there's a 12, what we call 12-12, which is 12 hours of fasting, 12 hours of, of, uh, of, of feeding or of nourishment. And then you have, you can go up to 12-12, and 10-14, and then 16-8, and you can go longer. So there's, there's this debate happening today on, on what's the right amount of intermittent fasting, what's the right amount of restricting your food. Um, Professor Longo, um, and, and this is what we're actually most known for, is, is we're the only, if you want, institution, as you see, and company that, that is doing extensive preclinical and clinical research, as well as global epidemiological research on fasting, uh, all of it for now over 15 to 20 years. And, and he had the chance to go around the world and meet what we call centenarians, people living 100 and beyond. And he was, because he was interested in longevity, not just fasting and trying to see what they eat, how they eat and all of that. And he had long time ago noticed that they do limit their food to 10 to 12 hours. So the intermittent fasting that they follow is typically a 12 hours of fasting only and or, or uh, you know, up to 14, if you want 13, 14 max. And and if you guys are interested, the, um, he summarizes all his discoveries around longevity and fasting and fasting mimicking in a book called The Longevity Diet. He launched it last year. It became number one Amazon, I think, bestseller. Um, and, and you can read a lot there about what to eat if you want to eat like a centenarian and live, live up to 100, uh, just based on multiple scientific and observational uh, practices. But so, so what we recommend, if you want, is if you're healthy otherwise, if you're fit, 
you're not obese, you're, you, don't, you, know, you don't have a specific condition, um, you just want to balance your body, going 12 hours a day, uh, which, is, which rematches your body with what you're supposed to observe, right? There's, there's, because it's circadian, it respects the circadian rhythm. Um, you know, our ancestors for hundreds of thousands of years before we had all the refrigeration and electricity and all of that, they used to sleep when the sun was down. They have their early dinner, 6, 7 p.m., 8 p.m. max. Then you sleep, you wake up in the morning, you have some leftovers or if you save, save some. So you eat again at, 7 p at 6, 7, 8 p.m. So it's a 12 hours balancing. And, and it's important because you eat during 12 hours. The problem we do today, we keep snacking on, you know, in between. So instead of spending what you're eating and going back and then needing food again and then eating again, what we are doing today and this is why not why, but main driver of why America is becoming obese and we have 73% age of obesity is we're eating multiple times. So you keep adding, you're adding more to your checking and savings account rather than your spending. So just the accounts keep growing and this yeah. is what's happening with, with, with us. So the 12-12 basically allow you to eat during 12 hours or say 10 hours and then you do 14. And then basically your body digests, your body kind of starts using the, the calories and then gets in need again, you know, after the 10, 12, or 14 hours. And this is when you eat again. So that's, that's what we call the balance or the circadian, circadian because it follows the nightly fast, uh, intermittent fasting. And this is something we believe is, should be a common practice for everyone to, uh, to uh, there are always exceptions when we say everyone scientifically, it's not the right word, but for mainstream to observe. Now it gets interesting when, say you're obese or, you know, you're, 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 you're at a certain age and, 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 and body, uh, body fat composition that you really need to, uh, um, to lose the weight, right? You're starting experiencing, uh, there's an article that was published recently in Cell Metabolism addressing that, you know, you have a little bit of hypertension, you have a little bit of uh, starting to see higher cholesterol. So meaning things derived from you being obese and, and aging. And in, in these conditions there's a lot of now indication where you may want to extend a little bit your fast so that you're because because it might make sense to lose the weight on the short term which your body needs and why i'm being a little bit conservative because it the, the longer you go beyond the balanced way of fasting meaning towards 16 hours and some people are going 18 or 20 this comes at a cost because yes you want to use calories lose calories but at the same time you need calories when when you wake up in the morning and you skip your breakfast and for some they're skipping their lunch as well, well, guess what's happening? What's happening is your brain is functioning during the day. The brain is, is functioning obviously during the night and the REM rhythm, but it's resting during the night. So you really need to feed the brain during the day. This is why you lose the weight because there's a need for calories and they're not there, but, but it doesn't mean the brain is not suffering. It's why you get your headache at, at you know, 3 p.m. and 4 p.m. and your muscle also, the, the muscles are active during the day. So you feel a little bit of weakness as well the longer you go, you know, in, in fasting hours. So, so what, what I'm trying to say, the point I'm trying to make, to, come to, to, to make in here is going 12 hours, say 14 hours is still balanced. Going 16 and then 18 and then longer should have a justification, should have a short-term benefit you're seeking, but should not be probably a pattern. You know, this is the science of intermittent fasting is still burgeoning, but the indication today is do it if you really need it. And there are some studies showing that if you also do a lot, you know, the 16 hours or longer um, could benefit uh, breast cancer because you're underfeeding, again, another short-term 
uh, reason that trumps the, the little bit maybe the suffering of the brain and the muscle with prolonged fast is you have, once you have cancer, it's a fast growing organ and it needs food. So it makes sense to think that if you go to 16 hours or maybe a little bit longer, you're underfeeding cancer so you can slow the growth of cancer. There's one major article showing that. So again, it's a burgeoning science on how long you should fast, but there are strong indications that 12 to 14 is good balance. Uh, if you have a short-term reasons, weight-related, maybe breast cancer, maybe it could be other cancers, we're still, we're still out in trials, then it's justified to go longer because going longer comes at a cost. It's not natural anymore. It's more interventional. And the cost is, you know, a little bit the brain, because the, the brain needs time to switch to ketones. The fat, you don't break the fat. There's no switch at hour 12 or 14 says, now let's live on fat. It's the stress of needing the, the extra calories that gets that response, but it takes time. For some people, they don't switch to ketones up until a day and a half. Um, so in every day doing this, remember intermittent fasting for say 16, eight or 18. Every day you're taking your body into fasting, the stress, then you refeed. So we, there's this yo-yo effect that's happening every day. So. Again, we need to a little bit be, be, be careful with it and have a short-term need to do it. Otherwise, uh, you know, doing 12, 14 hours looks, looks balanced. What, what we have done as a company this past year, 2019, seeing that a lot of people, a lot of bloggers, everyone is pushing, you know, 16, 8, and 18, and I'm, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do 20 hours. I'm going to do 22 hours. Uh, seeing all of that, and, and because we have, we have, we know how to mimic fasting with food. We said, hey, if people want to really achieve that because they want to lose weight fast or, or, or because they can do it, some people can do the 16, they feel great. Why not give them a tool where they can still eat and, and reach, that, reach that level? So we developed, we, out of Prolon, have a fasting mimicking diet. We have a bar that is your breakfast every morning. It's called the fast bar. So we actually uh, took the fast bar, spin it off as a separate product for people to consume. So if you ask me personally today, you know, I do actually fast for 12 hours and then I do the fast bar, which nourishes, it has high good fat for the brain. It has low carb. It has, you know, and it's all plant-based, plant-based protein. So it's, it's developed out of the science of prolon to mimic fasting. So it kind of balances me while nourishing my cells, while keeping, uh, you know, not triggering if you want the pro-aging, the pro-growth pathway. So it's kind of, we're helping people who want to go all the way to 16 hours before they get, say, the lunch? We say do the fast bar at the hours number 12 or 14, and then you can you can eat later after four or five hours. Very cool. I didn't know about that. So yeah, you you take that at 12, or you eat that at 12, and then you wait until about 16 before you start bringing in more calories. Yeah, because at least by then you nourished your body, right? Yeah. So so the, the the risk of going 16 and 18 and 20 is they're the vital organs of your body. Your heart needs to pump. Your muscle needs to function. Your brain is thinking, and and this is happening at work. And the morning, in the morning, you go to work or you go to the gym. You need the calories. This is why you lose the weight when you go to sixteen because there's a need. But that need is not all bad. Yes, you want to lose the weight, but you need to function properly. So we kind of tip the balance a little bit towards safety with it. Sure, that's very cool. Let's get into the uh, the multi day fasting and the fasting mimicking diet and what the benefits are and and why you can actually eat food and still get the benefits of, of yeah. the fast. Yeah. So, um, if you want the the fasting market came from the the discoveries around what multiple days of fasting do your body. In in if you think about it. If you fast for a few hours during the day, you do intermittent fasting, you're going to eat after. So your body loses a little bit of weight incrementally. 
the discovery of Professor Walter Longo behind prolonged fasting is that if every day you're still fasting, so you can, the liver has some calorie reserve that dumps it into the blood, and then you have fat. But once you spend those, the body's saying, hey, I'm going to go bankrupt. Like, I need to bring now an extra level of correction, an extra level of defense. And that extra level comes from the cells. So basically, you know, at around day two of two days of consecutive fast and, and towards day three, definitely uh, for most people, the body is telling the cells, I cannot bring you more nourishment. I'm going to actually ask you to clean up your inside and use the debris and organelles to feed yourself. So the cell is self-eating and self-repairing, and we call this autophagy. Auto self-phagy is eat. And it won the Nobel Prize in Medicine in 2016, and it's a symptom that there's a stress beyond what the body can just break calories or, or, or short-term. So there's, there's now a severe stress asking the cells to optimize their performance. And that's important because when you, go, when you cross so prolonged is five days, meaning day two and three, you're doing the autophagy. And then when you cross, now the body is asking the cells to, uh, even there's some call for younger cell activity, or there's some reshape in the cellular uh, uh, work in the body. So, so uh, that, that rejuvenation, that reset of the body is beyond now the metabolism is actually also involving cells. And that's a higher level of defense. That's a higher level of, on a biological age uh, uh, reversal. And once, once we observed these higher benefits, uh, we started looking at how many days you need to go to trigger that process. But also you don't want to go very long because then you're depleting even the cells that try to fix themselves and you're depleting the entire system. So the, the, the kind of, the balance was on the five days with the, with the fasting, mimicking that because even five days of water fast is difficult to observe. And so uh, the National Institute of Health sponsored University of Southern California and, and the Longo Labs uh, and the Longevity Institute to develop the fasting mimicking diet to make that five days journey possible, compliant, and enhance the effectiveness of it and the safety of it. Um, and this is how actually the fasting mimicking diet was born. It was, it was water fasting first, and then the discovery that a good three, four, five days of water fasting are calling for a bigger protection in the body, a bigger impact to the body than just intermittent fasting. But it's so difficult to observe the five days and the concept of going under the radar, feed the cell without triggering the sensors came up and therefore the fasting mimicking diet was born. So what are the results that people see when they are doing the, the fasting mimicking diet? And how can that relate to not only um, someone that is just looking to be healthier, but some of our performance athlete listeners? Yeah. So there are, um, there are five main, if you want, benefits from doing the fasting and making diet. Um, and again, the product that we launched is a five days food box that you receive and we call Prolon. And, um, and you can order it you know, through a practitioner or go online and order it. But the five major benefits is first is, is maintaining healthy levels of some of the metabolic markers. So a healthy level of uh, 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 triglyceride, healthy level of blood pressure, meaning, you know, a, a, a kind of uh, getting some of the blood metrics, you know, in a normal, in a normal, uh, uh, normal levels. And the second is losing weight. And, and you lose weight very, very fast with a fasting mimicking diet because the body thinks you're fasting. 
So if you do any other diet, you have to do it every day, and you lose a little bit by With fasting, that's the most extreme thing from a calorie perspective you can put to your body. So you lose the weight really fast. The, the body is banking on breaking down fat to survive. But there's a very important notion here for athletes and for fitness you know, aficionado is that f- the main difference between fasting and, an, and a low-calorie diet is stress. If, if, if there's one word today I want everyone to leave with is why fasting is gaining this big fame and is showing a lot of benefits, it's because it's a stress. Any low-calorie diet is every day, you, you know, you eat less or there's a minor stress. But when you fast, the stress imposed to the body increases stress response hormone. So you have a high growth hormone production during fasting and sometimes cortisol as well because the body is trying to defend itself. It's, it's like, you know, if you watch on National Geographic, a, a, a hungry tiger or leopard, you don't feel they're not sitting and relaxed or, or, or tired. They're actually on alertness. They're actually on the attack. And with fasting, this is what happens with the body. You have a high growth hormone shoot. So that maintains the muscle. So the first couple of days, this is why also with ProLine supported to go all the way to, to day five. The first two days, the body even goes to the glycogen in the muscle because the body is looking for any source of calories or energy. But then the growth, then when you cross day two, the stress is so high because the body is, not, is, is in fasting and then the growth hormone increases. And now the body is trying to reinvest into the muscle. Why the growth hormone increase? Because the body, this is how we survived as humans. When you're, you're fasting no food, you want to push the muscle the muscle, you want to give them loose because you're walking. You need to keep walking until you find your next prey or your next fruit or vegetable, right? Mm-hmm. So when you fast, this is what the body does. It gives you ketones, transform the reserve fat to ketones. And the ketone main objective is to keep the brain awake because if you faint as well, you're not going to find your food. Right. So ketones to the brain, growth hormone to the muscle, muscle protection until you find your next food. And what we observe actually, and, and we're going to publish this soon, is in the refeeding after day five, because now the muscles on alert is high growth hormone. If you actually refeed with protein, many anecdotal trainers and trainees, and there's a lot of NBA players now, and there's a, uh, hockey players and, and other professional players, they do prolong and they consume protein afterwards, and they see a big, a big boost actually in performance, not just, not just maintain healthy level and correcting and correction of the body, but there's a boost. Um, we haven't objectively measured that because these are coming from the professional players and this is why a lot of them do prolong. But what we have measured, we have studies also on cancer and what we've seen in Europe, some cancer patients when they were doing uh, fasting mimicking diet, this is not prolong, separate thing that we have for, for cancer. When they were refeeding with some exercise and some protein, they actually were gaining lean body mass. So, so that's interesting. We're going to test that. Uh, we don't have a randomized published article on it, but we do observe in the prolonged trial that there's preservation of lean body mass, but now a lot of athletes are telling us if we refeed with a little bit of protein, because you're in a high shoot of growth hormone in the body, now you can go really high. And you have lost a lot of fat in the five days, so you're, you're a leaner, meaner, faster, you know, a, a better performer if you want in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. And having done the fasting mimicking diet myself, I can attribute to like you do lose fat really quickly. It's it's quite amazing where like on day th- two or three even, 
I'm like, wow, my abs are really That's showing the up. switch because day three is when now the cellular call, the cellular intervention and in your brain is on ketone already and the growth hormone is high. You yeah. get on full alertness. And he had asked me about the benefits. We said, you know, uh, uh, the maintaining health level of metabolic factors, the weight loss. And the number three comes the, 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 the emotional aspect of feeling high on energy, better sleep, uh, 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 more empowerment, more sense of achievements because ton, you know, most people have tried a type of diet and every diet today is like you have to do it every day and then one day, if you have to do every day a diet means one day you're going to stop and with Prolans just five days, all these major benefits you see them after the five days so there's a lot of uh, emotional and sleep and energy benefits that happen this is the third, the third benefit coming out of it the fourth is really is related to food, your relationship with food. Once you do prolon, a lot of people tell us, you know, I was addicted to X, I was addicted to Y. I used to put big plates. I used to need big volume of food to get satisfied. Now I actually realize that I don't need so much food. I don't need to eat big volumes per meal. I don't need to eat all the time. And I don't need to snack in the middle of the night and all the kind of, if you want, bad behaviors we used to have on the relationship they, a lot of us, they say, I changed my relationship with food. And that's the fourth major benefit with the product. And the fifth one, which is the summary of all of those, is really biological aging and, 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 um, and wellness and longevity. So that's, that's the goal. This is what we're trying to do is how can we help you live healthier longer? Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I, I found that, that strange relationship as well where I don't feel like I need to eat as much. I feel like I... I slow down when I'm eating and I chew, I've chewed my food a lot more now since, since doing it, which is interesting. Like it's, I don't know why, but it's like, I appreciate it more. Um, exactly. You, you, and, 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 and even the taste, when you sit and eat, you, like you see, you appreciate it. You enjoy it more. It's not, it's not shoving in a volume anymore. It's really eating something you feel is delicious. It's n- n- nutritious, but then you stop, when you're barely, you know, getting satisfied and that's fine with you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've got two more questions for you. And then I know that we're, we're coming close here to the end. Um, when someone is doing the five-day fasting mimicking diet, should they work out at all from an athlete standpoint? And if so, how much, how hard should they work out? And then the yes. second question is how often should somebody who yes. is healthy or not healthy be doing the five-day fasting mimicking diet? Yes. So, um, the first question relating to exercise during the fasting mimicking diet. So, you know, each person is different. And some people, they exercise heavily every day. And once they do it, you know, we definitely tell them exercise lighter. Or, I mean, the, the safest thing to say is no exercise. That's the safest. Some people cannot go for five days without exercise. So <laughs> what, we, what we say is take it light and, and do a little bit more of a, of a less calorie spending exercise instead of running long, you know, or, or fast, which is what, what the quadricep would be working in. It's the biggest muscle that consumes the most calories. Maybe you do the, lift, the weightlifting during this, the, these days because then you spend less calories, you know. So, so it's, not, it's not exercise itself is a contraindication as much as exercise will create a lot of calorie need and then you're on a low-calorie fasting mimicking diet. We don't want you to experience a, a hypoglycemia or a low energy. This is, this is what we're talking about. There's no direct contraindication based on the ingredients or anything. Prolon is plant-based as a, as a natural you know, uh, uh, diet. But 
we don't want you to overexercise so that you don't have a big need for calorie that you cannot, you know, you don't satisfy your body with. So if you're an aficionado of, of you know, uh, of sports, maybe this is your five days of weightlifting or yoga level of training rather than intensive running. So that's, that's, that's the best answer I can give. And it's always the safest to not exercise if you can during the five days. Okay. Now, how many times to do prolong? Um, the, I'm going to give you the profile of two people. One, you know, I'm, I'm healthy, I'm fit, um, you know, um, and, and I don't need to lose the weight. I don't think I have any metabolic issue, et cetera. Then, you, you know, you can do prolong two to three times a year. You don't need to do, um, and you, don't, you, you would not hear that from a lot of CEOs of nutrition companies. You actually only need to do it two to three times if, if that's your need. And you do it mainly to keep your body in check. You know, I always, um, I, 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 I compare Prolon to, in, in a Formula One race, you know, it's a pit stop. Yeah. And you stop once, twice, max three times. People, you know, you change the wheels, you change the oil, et cetera. It's a, it's a checkpoint. And you stress your body, you get, you, you, you push it to optimize itself. And you need to do it two, three times a year. Now, if, you're, if you have a risk factor, you know, whether that's weight, whether that's, there's a metabolic thing that you want to correct, maybe, and this is what we test in our trials, you do it three times in a row. So over three months, five days, month one, 25 days, you go back to your lifestyle, five days, month two, and five days, month three. And then you check if you achieved your goal, then you do it only once every three or four months. If you didn't achieve your goal, you can continue until you achieve your goal. So you do it more every month for three months or a little bit longer to achieve a short-term goal. And then you can do it just three times a year if you want uh, from a pure rejuvenation perspective. Okay, very cool. And, and how I've done that as well to like check is I've done inside tracker blood testing to see how it's affected me. And that's been really interesting. So if anybody listening is looking to like check on some blood markers, that's always fun to do with this. And one last question before we, before we go. Um, how do you tell people that they should be using the Prolon kit versus the water only fast to like push them over the edge of like, yes, you should be doing this. I'm a huge fan myself and I've been telling people as well, but we have you here and you are the expert on why people should be using this kit versus something else. So the, the, the research behind Prolon, we didn't come and say, Hey, let's sell a kit. Let's start selling food. We are actually fasting researchers. Walter is a water fasting researcher. And then, but we, when he discovered the benefit of four and five days of water fast with all what we talked about, and we went into clinical trials, we couldn't recruit people because it's so difficult to fast for four days and it's not safe. So imagine today, if you ask people to water fast for five days, how many have actually um, very low nutrients already they're suffering from, they're gonna suffer further. How many have predisposition to lose blood sugar and have hypoglycemia and fainting um, that, that, that could happen? How many would have episodes of low blood pressure? So water fast is not, not just difficult to practice, but could be unsafe for some. Now, you can do it in clinics, and there are clinics for water fasting. If you have a physician there and you're observed and you're resting, you can do water fasting. There are clinics around the world that do that. But for us to come... Because we, as a, an ethical company, and, and I, as a doctor, you know, we, the first thing you need to care about is the safety of your of, of your patient or your consumer, and then the efficacy. So, water fasting definitely is efficacious, but is it safe? And and the other aspect is what we discovered with the fasting mimicking diet is there there could be some enhancement even of the effect. 
and we were actually uh, Walter was knew that by design it was called the fasting mimicking and enhancing diet when I joined the company and it was it's too long to say fasting mimicking <laughs> and enhancing diet so I skimmed it to fasting mimicking diet but there's an enhancing effect beyond water fasting and you'll be like how come how come you can go on certain metrics beyond and let me give you the example example if if you have a company, say, again, that needs a million dollars per month to operate, and if you give it zero dollars, like the next day you come to the CEO and you tell them for the next five months, zero dollars. So, yes, he's going to correct and he's going to try to survive, which is all good, but at the same time, he's going to take very difficult decisions that can harm the company. If he cannot pay his superstar employee, they're going to leave. If he cannot pay for supplying his products, he's going to not be able to sell, and he's going to go, definitely go bankrupt. So beyond the positive aspect of the stress, there's a negative aspect of the stress, which is really driving bankruptcy. The same thing to the body. If the body is trying to correct itself and survive the past, if you feed it a little bit, like the CEO, instead of giving him $0, if you give him $200,000 out of a million, he's going to use the $200,000 for the correction, for the restructuring, for keeping his base employee-based operation. And then he's going to feel the stress of the 800000 gap and try to restructure there. Same thing, the body, if you're, if you're not giving the minerals and the vitamins, you're not going to get the best rejuvenation. If you're not feeding a little bit the brain and the heart and the organs that have to survive, they have to perform, they're not going to perform at their best. So there's that enhancing effect. And now we're about to, uh, uh, we, we had a trial that just finished the cardiometabolic trial and we're, we, we tested the microbiome there because in mice, we saw that we do a lot more on the microbiome with the fasting mimicking diet than with water fast. When you water fast, your entire microbiota is suffering from lack of ingredients. So you, you know, it shrinks all together, whether it's you have good bacteria or, or bad bacteria. With the fasting mimicking diet, because you're selectively feeding the plant-based uh, ingredients, you're helping the good bacteria to survive at the expense of the bad bacteria. And this is what is happening in mice. And now we're going to soon have the data on humans and we'll let you know officially. But we have a big suspicion that Potentially on the microbiome, we could also further the plant-based better microbiome versus the. Uh, but in, in, to summarize this, there's a, a better compliance, better safety, and maybe an enhancement factor when you do fasting overnight versus a pure direct overnight bankruptcy to the body with water fast. Awesome, I love it. How can people get started on the Prolon fasting mimicking diet and/or find out more about you? So um, the official site for Prolon is prolonfmd.com, FMD for fasting, mimicking diet, and, uh, or prolonfast.com. And you have the information behind the product, how to get it, you can buy it there. If you have a medical condition or you're on prescription medicine, we recommend you talk to your doctor, and your doctor then can give you the prescription for it or recommendation for it or validate whether you can do it or not. Um, and what we offer as a company, you know, we're... we're, we're we're mission-driven, so beyond the product, we really want to transform your life. So with every purchase of Prolon, you get a free health coach call with us, and the coach will call you after and after and after, so, so you can actually start pl planning your lifestyle change. You start with Prolon because it's a very big Kickstarter, um, and, and it changes the body very fast, but also for free, we have a team of health coaches to help you uh, uh, if you have any question about Prolon or beyond the product to change your lifestyle. So that comes within the price, that comes within the package, and it's a free uh, commitment from us to our consumers as well. Awesome. Well, this has been 
incredibly fun and I could keep on talking with you and maybe I can convince you to come on again in the future. But uh, I don't want to take up any more of your time. It's been awesome. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Um, you know, uh, uh, it's a pleasure to be able through people like you because you're, you're, angel, you're angels of change. You disseminate messages. And I think we have something that's really valuable for humanity. And I want to thank you for kind of bringing that to people who listen to you and who follow you. And hopefully we're going to touch their, their lives in a positive way. Well, I appreciate that. Cool. Thank well, you. Thank have you very much. Morning. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Hey guys, that was my podcast with Dr. Joseph Anton of El Nutra and Prolon. I hope you love that as much as I did. I cannot wait to, gosh, not only just like digest the information that was brought to us on this podcast because it was just such a fun conversation. Um, I don't think that it's all that often that you run into people that are so educated that can be so personable at the same time. And make it easy to understand what this like really high-end science is all about. So if you guys would like to learn more about uh, what Dr. Anton has been doing and try the fasting mimicking diet, I highly recommend that you head over to ProlonFMD.com. Or actually, I think I have a link for All Around Joe, which is at AllAroundJoe.com slash Prolon. Either way, I think you should definitely give it a shot. I've been doing the Prolon fast mimicking diet in the one to two times a year mark, but I'm going to step that up to making sure that we're doing it about every six months. Just because like I mentioned, um, I didn't want to talk too much on the podcast with Dr. Anton because he is the super expert on this topic, but I have just noticed so many benefits from doing the five-day fasting mimicking diet that I think it is beneficial to do it two to three times a year, absolutely, and continue to see the improvements. And I like, like I recommended, do the inside tracker testing to see how it improves. You know, if you're doing the inside tracker every, you know, six months or three months or however you feel like you should be doing that, then you're doing the prolon fasting mimicking diet. You can see the actual changes that are happening. And it's really powerful. Not only that, you can see changes so fast when you do the five-day fasting mimicking diet in just your like your body fat percentage. You know, I'm already a lean person, but I definitely notice the body fat reduction when I do it and the increase in energy, the more enjoyment out of food. Yeah, it's just, it's cool stuff. So hope you enjoyed that. If you would like to get to the show notes at all, if you want to click on the links and all that fun stuff. You can head over to allaroundjoe.com slash 232. That's allaroundjoe.com slash 232. And I hope you give this a try. I think it's really beneficial for you. And if you have any questions, let me know. The All Around Joe Podcast, where we optimize your human performance for my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement.